On podcast 1843, the German Model Y with a BYD battery gets delivered. The 1,000-mile Zika and a Lotus Type 133. So we do go live at 5pm UK, that's midday Eastern. Patreon supporters, they get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday 22nd of May. My name is Martin Lee, and yes, I know I've been away. <laughs> it hasn't uh, escaped me how long uh, that I have been off for. Uh, Patreon supporters do know the full story. Uh, the rest of the podcast listeners, no, it's not a particularly large secret. Losing my dad really hit me quite hard, actually. Uh, losing him at the end of March, then there was a really, really long time to get the death certificate, and the funeral was like five or six weeks after that. And that limbo time was actually not so bad, even though at the time I thought it was pretty awful. Uh, but then from the funeral, sort of three weeks ago or so, maybe four weeks ago, from that time on, uh, it, it kind of, I think maybe reality hit. I'm not quite sure what happened, but it certainly uh, sent me on on a bit of a journey. to. Do, and obviously, you know, long-term listeners know I have a young family um, and I didn't want to let that sort of spill over into family life. So, uh, yeah, first parent I've lost and I really, um, uh, it's certainly a, a journey that I uh, wasn't prepared for. Uh, well, I was because we, you know, dad's, dad's cancer diagnosis uh, was... Uh, you know, relatively late towards the end, it was too late to treat. Um, and I was lucky enough to get to spend some time with him and and talk and ask those questions. You don't, you don't ask your parents really about sort of growing up and, you know, all those kind of things that I'd never really spoken about. So enormously grateful for that. But yeah, just the, uh, just the time that it took to process it and get back to work was much, much longer than I, I thought it could be. So thank you to everyone who sent really nice messages. I know that at times I haven't replied to everyone immediately, and if that's you, I'm sorry, because there are times I just couldn't sort of open my email and just getting through the day, being normal dad, and then uh, and then giving myself that time and that 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 space. Not a particularly uh, good time, uh, but absolutely, you know, feeling good enough to get back to work now. And, and thank you very much for your uh, for allowing me to to say this, and and maybe even waste two minutes of your time uh, at the beginning of the podcast. Let's get on with it. Let's start with the Tesla Model Y delivering with the BYD battery. Tesla Germany has just delivered their first Model Y with the BYD Blade battery. And initial testing uh, showed a charge rate of 172 kilowatts. And what's really impressive is this person plugged in at about 20%. It rose to 172 and then it held it. It just held this really fast charge rate all the way to 50 percent, which is significantly better than the LFP cells that come out of CATL, a Chinese competitor to BYD, which you also find in the Chinese-made Teslas. And so, obviously, lots more testing to do. This is one-off. It's a single case. This is the first delivery that we think we know of. Uh, this is via a website called teslamag.de, so it's a single source story as well. Uh, since the beginning of May, Tesla's been producing this new basic version of the Model Y at Giga Berlin, rear-wheel drive and less battery capacity than the long-range and performance models. One customer that did receive theirs uh, did that that quick test and posted the results online. Uh, manufacturing seems to be going well at Tesla Berlin. Uh, several buyers reporting getting their VIN numbers, confirming the German origin of their vehicles. Handovers then normally happen pretty swiftly, but customers reportedly experiencing delays and registration problems earlier this week. Uh, Model Ys from Germany were listed as available for quick delivery, uh, but that could well be 
Chinese ones, we think, anyway. Uh, these models look identical externally. They match technical specifications. Otherwise, it's just how the battery is made into the vehicle, part of the structural battery pack in terms of the BYD blade battery um, cells being a different shape to the CATL LFP cells. But uh, although the capacity, I think, is about the same. Obviously, if it has different charging characteristics, then maybe people will want a certain type of battery. Maybe the more hardcore, keen follower, you would say, of, of Tesla wanting a certain specification of, of that vehicle. We'll keep watching that story closely. Next, and the Zika brand from Geely just started shipping their Zika 001. It's got the CATL Kirin battery. That's the longest range among EVs in the Chinese market. The CLTC range, the Chinese uh, measurement, is 641 miles. That's 1,032 kilometres. Battery size, 140 kilowatt hours. And although it does overestimate real-world results, it's still an enormous amount of range, even if in real world it wasn't 641 miles, but 500 miles. That would still be, and we don't know yet because we've not seen any real-world testing of the Zika 001, that would still put it as one of the most long-distance electric vehicles in the world. And you can also get 86 kilowatt-hour or 100 kilowatt-hour battery variants of the Zika 001. But, yes, if you want the Big Daddy battery, you get 140 kilowatt-hours of that. Uh, equivalent pricing, by the way. Again, this is uh, from the currency conversion. Can't always do that very well. And, of course, you can't, can't get these vehicles outside of China. Uh, but it would be about $57,000. So I think that would be, for many people, if you like the vehicle, a... Absolute no-brainer to get that much range. Uh, it's a Celtapak battery technology using prismatic cells, and the the long-range one uses the NCM chemistry, uh, so nickel, cobalt, manganese. Whereas the shorter ones, the short, the lower capacity batteries use the LFP chemistries. So uh, let's talk a little bit about oh another Chinese car actually that's a competitor to the Tesla Model Y. This is the Xpeng G6 going into the first production models rolling off the line. Uh, hasn't had its official public debut yet. That'll come sometime before the end of next month, I think. Yeah, sometime before the end of June. Uh, the G6 will be formally launched and unveiled soon, but with an equivalent price of around twenty-eight thousand dollars, being a Tesla Model Y competitor, a very important vehicle for Xpeng, and we'll see how many of the Chinese buyers go for that rather than the Tesla version, the, you know, the Model Y, uh, because it'll be a very important vehicle for uh, Xpeng as local competition in the Chinese market to Tesla. Staying there, by the way, quick mention for what's happened uh, with this. You know, I've talked about it a lot. You might know the the Mini EV. Um, the Hongguang Mini EV. It's a, it's a little roller skate car that doesn't cost very much, and they've just cut the prices of it again by about $2,000 equivalent, which takes about 15% off the price. Uh, there's a whole range of these Air EV models, and uh, the, the, the the smallest ones uh, are just getting cheaper all the time in China. And I mentioned that story because what we would love to see is some of those smaller vehicles at least being offered in different parts of the world. Now, lots of places wouldn't want a small city car like this. And it is in, you know, these price cuts have been in response to China's request to their domestic car makers to increase EV usage in rural 
areas and to help make these vehicles more affordable. But man, I'd love to see at least them sort of just dip their toe in the water elsewhere and see if they can sell. Maybe probably the European market would be um, more appropriate. Of course, that company is, is a joint venture with General Motors as well. GM get very little credit for selling a tiny little, very, very cheap EV that just got cheaper. And staying in China, not China news as I come back after my break, um, in April, the sale of full EVs in China was 444,000 units. That's 25% of the market. Add in plug-in hybrids, it's 34%. So China's car market, which is already huge, 34% of it is what you would call new energy vehicles. Now, that also includes hydrogen, but there's none of those sold. And so... That's just huge. And so, again, I, you know, I've seen a couple of articles while I've been away and I've been looking at the news and they've been a little bit anti-EV. I've seen some articles saying, oh, the problem with electric vehicles, there's not enough chargers, they're too expensive. And, you know, a lot of the time you kind of wonder what the motivation is for these mainstream outlets putting out anti-EV stories. You wonder what advertisers are funding them, stuff like that. And then you look at China and you go, you know what? It's fine. I don't mind those negative articles. Four or five years ago, they really bothered me. But now it's fine. You might influence public opinion just a little bit with your newspaper article or whatever, or, you know, whatever reason that these places have to write anti-EV stories. But in China, when the car market is 34%, Nothing to worry about. EVs are not just happening. EVs are happening at an increasing speed. And in China, they could have a market share of 40% by the end of this year, 50% possibly by the end of next year. Half of their car market, electric vehicles. It's just incredible. In Shanghai, here's another example. So when they started to make uh, EVs, the license plate, free or available rather than the auction. So let me explain. So in Shanghai, to, to battle the bad air quality um in shanghai uh, they you you have to go to an auction to get a license plate for your gasoline vehicle and the participation in that auction last uh, last month was at a 99 month low and out of the license plates uh, up for grabs only 11% were successful anyway and so if you want to get a full EV or even a actually a plug-in hybrid in Shanghai, I think that's now classed as a combustion vehicle as well. So it's got to be a full EV uh, to get that registration for free. Just one of the little tools that they use, one of the, I guess, mechanisms that they're using there in China, uh, particularly in Shanghai, to encourage electric vehicle adoption. That's really, really interesting. Those free license plates to buyers of electric vehicles continue to do really, really well as Shanghai's new energy vehicle penetration is growing consistently. All right, coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk about a big order for Volvo electric trucks. VinFast brings some longer range vehicles to the US and the Lotus Type 133. Those stories and more on the way. Stick around. Okay, let's talk a little bit about BMW announcing plans to assemble their new class vehicles. They're the ones we're going to get from 2025. They're going to assemble them in China, which will, of course, will help bring costs down. They will, of course, assemble them in Germany. It's BMW. The next generation electric vehicles produced by, in China, BMW Brilliance Automotive, BBM. A. The battery cells for what they call the the sixth gen BMW technology, sixth gen battery packs, uh, will be the result of a 1.3 billion euro investment in a new BBA facility in China. We don't know who's going to make those cells, but we think that the collaborations that BMW have with CATL, EVE, and Envision AESC are likely to be uh, those suppliers there. 
Moving on, and a big, big order for Volvo electric truck. Swiss company Holcim has signed an agreement to buy a 1,000 of the Volvo electric trucks by 2030, the biggest commercial order for EV trucks to date that I've read about. The first 130 are said to be delivered from 2023. And the reason that this is a really big deal is by replacing a 1,000 of the current diesel trucks by with a 1,000 of the Volvo FH pure electric trucks on typical routes will save 50,000 tonnes of CO2 every single year from this one fleet that operates. All right, moving on. And VinFast, the Vietnamese automaker VinFast, confirming the arrival of their second shipment of cars in the United States. These are destined for the US and Canada as well. Uh, The VF8s, there's about 2,000 of them arriving, and they're longer range than the first 1,000 that arrived back in December 2022. The latest shipment includes the standard edition and the higher EPA range for their city editions. The VF8 Eco will do 264 miles, VF8 plus 243 miles on the EPA range. And the earlier range was 191 miles in uh, comparison. I think, you know, selling any vehicle in the US with less than 200 miles range when the pricing is between forty-six and $52,000, it's just, it's asking so much of buyers to buy a brand they've never heard of from Vietnam. So it's a VinFast. It's not a cheap vehicle. It's not a vehicle and with such poor range as well I I, you know I I want I want everyone to win I want everyone to succeed and and do well but I have said about VinFast I think they're onto a bit of a loser there unless they get their range up they have done I think they've done that with software updates and some engineering changes as well but I don't know the exact uh, details of how they've managed to do that Next, we'll talk about Lotus Type 133, their first performance saloon. Uh, The last one that I can think of was the Vauxhall Carlton, whereas the new one, the Type 133 Saloon, should be popular in China. They are going to sell it in the US as well. It'll be up against the likes of the Porsche Taycan, the Audi e-tron GT, around five metres long, and late-stage prototypes of the car have been seen on the production line in Wuhan and in test drives as well. Despite similarities to the Polestar 5 Grand Tourer, uh, Lotus has maintained independent development, they say, of the Type 133 as the parent company Geely allows their brands to operate autonomously. So we know the Polestar 5 and the Lotus 133 will be very different. It will have similar styling to the Avaya and the Electra to compete with those uh, or or vehicles in that price segment. Uh, We think it'll have the battery from the Electra, 140... Uh, what's the battery size? 112, not 114, 112 kilowatt hour battery pack on the Electra, probably ending up in the Type 133. 400 miles of range, you would think. Rapid charging, they say. Rapid charging up to 400 kilowatts. I don't believe that. Uh, Unless they've got some crazy, crazy battery technology in there, because the best we can see at the minute is 270 at the minute in the Porsche Taycan, Audi e-tron GT. I don't think anyone's made a step, that much of a step, on an 800-volt platform, but uh, they're just rumours. We'll wait and see. And uh, 
sort of twin motor, 600 horsepower, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you are really playing at the top end of the market there, aren't you? Right, a couple more stories in North Volts. They've completed the construction of their energy storage system manufacturing um, facility, and it'll begin production by the end of this year. The Swedish firm announced the completion of uh, that facility on LinkedIn over the weekend, describing the factory as Europe's largest energy storage solution plant, and they will open the facility by the end of the year, as I mentioned. So home storage, grid storage, all those kind of things, enormously important in uh, the world of making batteries, not just batteries that are go- going into the cars that uh, that we like to drive. And finally, tensions seem to be escalating between Washington and Brussels over a plan to make the European manufacturers eligible for the US electric car tax incentives. The European Union has a demand for a flexible agreement on minerals in EV batteries. The Biden administration are under immense pressure, though, from the lawmakers to negotiate a formal pact between the US and the Europe. But there's a deadlock between negotiators, and it's expected to prolong these negotiations beyond the summer, and that disadvantages the European manufacturers in the US auto market. The Inflation Reduction Act has not gone down well over here in Europe. And, well, I mean, we're not in the EU anymore, but EU lawmakers uh, do not like the the protectionism of the Inflation Reduction Act. Brussels is urging Washington uh, to agree a bypass to the process, which would help European car makers also access the uh, the incentives and it a lot depends on where the vehicles are made and where the minerals from the batteries have uh, have come from we don't know when an agreement could happen but like i say this could stretch way past the summer you could even argue we're getting into summer now uh, that it's may sort of may june time and uh, that like i say the longer it drags on for the more it'll just be so much more advantageous for us buyers to buy a us made car particularly with a, a battery uh, that is eligible you get the full seven and a half thousand dollar federal tax credit oh that one's going to rumble on i'll keep an eye on it thank you very much for listening today thank you again for your patience um it's been a it's been a bit of a rubbish few weeks but um hey we're all here and happy and healthy and i guess that is what is important but i can't thank you enough for uh for your patience the longest probably the longest break we've had off the podcast and uh, uh i'm not being enormously happy about it but um but there we go hopefully uh, we are in for a nice, long, uninterrupted run before. I think I, I got a book. Uh, we've got a holiday booked in August, so I'll be off for about a week in August. But apart from that, there's no reason why the podcast shouldn't be here every single day, as it has been for the last 1,800-odd episodes. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need have a good cinema. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.